How will Russia's war in Ukraine impact Africa's clean energy transition? And how many cities in and out of the EU have just pledged to reach carbon neutrality by 2030? Welcome to the Climate Recap from the Becosphere Climate Corner, your go-to place for international and U.S.-based climate news. I'm Becky Hogue, a science writer. Today is Monday, May 2nd. Let's jump right into the news you need to start your day. Let's start with some climate events. India and Pakistan roasted this weekend. Pakistan reached 117.5 degrees Fahrenheit on Thursday, and flood warnings have been issued near some lakes as their glaciers are melting faster than usual. Meanwhile, India is experiencing the worst power cuts it's had in six years, forcing school closures as the country is urged to stay inside. The country has canceled passenger train trips to deliver coal faster. Coal reserves have dropped 16% since the start of April. Coal provides 70% of India's electricity. Let's look at some climate studies, the first two published in the journal Nature. New research mapped out how climate change could shift the geographic regions of 3,100 mammal species and the viruses they carry by 2070. The researchers found that climate change is driving new encounters between mammals, making it more likely for novel diseases to spread. The world's biodiversity hotspots and densely populated areas in Africa and Asia are most likely to be impacted by this. The study suggests that climate change could be the dominant human driver of cross-species virus transmission by 2070. Another study looked at vegetation around the globe to see how climate change has shifted its recovery rates from 1992 to 2017. The study found that tropical vegetation is becoming more resilient and able to recover from external shocks, while resiliency decreased at higher altitudes. Speaking of shifts, drought is set to increase human migration by at least 200% by 2050, according to a report published in the International Migration Review. The researchers looked through the lens of 16 different models using an optimistic scenario consistent with the Paris Agreement and a pessimistic one based on business as usual. Some of their projections brought the estimate up to 500% increase in human migration by 2050 in a business as usual scenario. And the nonprofit Energy for Growth Hub broke down how the Russian invasion of Ukraine will impact Africa's energy transition. Here's the short version of what they predict. 1. African leaders will increasingly frame energy poverty as an energy security issue deserving the same urgency as Europe's Russian reliance. 2. The rush to boost LNG supply in Europe and sudden shifts in U.S. and European rhetoric will stoke further African frustration with climate hypocrisy, unless development finance follows through. 3. Rising oil and gas prices will hurt African electricity markets. 4. But rising interest rates will also create headwinds for renewable projects. 5. The need to diversify away from Russia will reinvigorate interest in African oil and gas production for export. 6. As the urgency behind decarbonization intensifies, demand for critical minerals will spur investment in African mining. And 7. Russian actions and Western financial sanctions will give countries pause about betting on Russian nuclear technology. If you want to dive deeper into any of these points, check out the source link in the description. Now for a few developing stories. 
Ahead of their annual shareholder meeting, HSBC Holdings PLC was accused of greenwashing, lying about how much money they're giving to emissions-heavy companies by the European Union's Advertising Standard Authority. The hedge fund billionaire Christopher Hahn urged shareholders to vote against the directors of banks who are greenwashing themselves. Climate activists proposed a resolution to get HSBC's financial investments aligned with their goal of reducing emissions by net zero by 2050 and to set up short, medium, and long-term goals. A shareholder vote was held to either keep HSBC's current plan or adopt the new one. I'm still waiting to hear the results of that vote. In London, about 24% of investors voted against commodity giant Glencore's climate progress report during a miners and traders annual general meeting. Last year, Glencore pledged to reach net zero by 2050 and responsibly run down its mines producing thermal coal, the most polluting fossil fuel, by the mid-2040s. 94% voted in favor of this plan, but not this year because it's not ambitious enough. The world's biggest climate action investor group, Climate Action 100+, told members last week about its concern that Glencore's emissions targets and coal production were not consistent with the world's climate goals. Members of the Climate Action Investor Group manage $68 trillion in assets. Now let's go to some climate victories. 100 EU cities have committed to going carbon neutral by 2030. The European Commission's 100 Climate Neutral and Smart Cities Scheme received over 370 applications, and cities were chosen based on their enthusiasm and the strength of their plans. Twelve non-EU cities, including Glasgow, Sarajevo, and Istanbul, have also signed on to this goal. Urban areas account for more than 70% of CO2 emissions. About 75 million people call these 112 cities home. The cities will make contracts detailing action and investment plans with the help of 34 climate change organizations and experts at the national and EU levels. While the contracts won't be legally binding, the cities are staking their reputation on it. In the United States, new commercial buildings in Washington state will soon be required to install heat pumps to electrify its buildings. The Building Code Council voted last week to make that a requirement starting in July 2023 giving the state the strictest commercial electrification standards in the nation. Meanwhile, 16 states, along with five environmental groups and the United Auto Workers, have filed three lawsuits in two federal courts against the U.S. Postal Service over the purchase of new gas-powered mail trucks. Last year, Postmaster General DeJoy placed the first mass order of new mail trucks the Postal Service has made in three decades. 165,000 gas-powered vehicles worth $6 million, which is about half of the fleet. So he chose gas instead of electric. The lawsuits raised the stakes for DeJoy to comply with President Biden's executive order to electrify the federal fleet. Unfortunately, the U.S. Postal Service is independent, meaning it's not required to follow federal orders. We'll have to see if this makes any difference. Now for some climate fails. Germany's economy and climate minister is pushing for a new liquefied natural gas import facility in Tesla speed to try to get away from Russian fossil fuels while Russia contemplates cutting the country's supply off. 55% of German gas imports come from Russia, and gas is the second largest energy source for the country behind renewables. By Tesla speed, the minister means the terminal construction should start before final permits are given. 
LNG terminals take three to five years to build. In contrast to the climate minister's goals, the International Energy Agency says no more fossil fuel infrastructure should be built for humanity to reach its climate goals. Over in the U.S., state and local governments are enrolling their public forests in a new carbon offset market that can earn them tens of millions of dollars. The idea is that companies can give money to these parks in exchange for claiming carbon offsets that lower their artificial emissions count. The problem is that there's very little evidence that these parks are going to use the money to offset as much as the companies are getting credit for. The state of Michigan and five counties in Wisconsin recently signed an agreement with the carbon development firm Blue Source LLC to add carbon projects to 800,000 acres. That's three times as much acreage to the carbon market than the U.S. had before. The projects are expected to start selling their shares by the end of this year or at the beginning of 2023. Enough shares to make up for a large coal-fired power plant or emissions from 2 million cars. But this calculation is way over-exaggerated. Now for some chemical news. California's Attorney General subpoenaed ExxonMobil for details on its role in global plastic pollution. The AG has been looking into how fossil fuel and petrochemical companies have caused and worsened the plastic pollution crisis. Fossil fuel companies haven't only contributed to climate denial and misinformation by things like convincing people to care about their personal carbon footprint, but they've also been helping contribute to the plastic pollution problem by helping petroleum companies convince people that recycling plastic would work. ExxonMobil is just the first in a long line of companies that should expect subpoenas, so I'll keep you posted. And that was your climate news for Monday, May 2nd. If you like the work I do, please follow this podcast, give it a five-star rating, leave a review, and consider checking out the Beckosphere Climate Corner YouTube channel. Remember to talk about the climate crisis every single day and to support your local news organizations. Bye for now.